guys. Hey, good to see you. Good to be in the house of God. Amen. Break the ice here. We're in church. Hallelujah. If you've got your Bibles this morning, you can open up to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Really is to be saved. I remember the days I wasn't. Amen. Running around acting crazy, uh, thinking that I had to have alcohol, drugs, different things. And Jesus saved me, did a miracle in my life, changed me. And it's good just to be my right mind, uh, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, that changes everything. Amen. You know, the earth's population is about 7 billion people. They estimate since creation there's been about 107 billion people. If you can imagine that many people throughout time. But today we have about 7 million people on the earth, and we're all genetically the same. Flesh and blood, male or female, not both, male or female. God knew what he was doing when he made you. Come on. But what makes us different is our soul our mind, our will, our emotions. Uh, God gave each one of us a living soul, and that's what makes each one of us a unique individual. Uh, uh, Genesis 2-7, And Lord God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. So God knows each soul. God knows us by name. The Bible said God knows the number of hairs on our head. God knows exactly who we are. We're not, not lost in a sea of humanity. God knows exactly who we are. David says in Psalms 139, 14, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So we're made by God in his image to worship him, to have relationship with him. But the problem is man has rebelled against God. Uh, uh, you know, today there's about 4,200 religions in the world. About 75 percent of these world religions practice or practice uh, about 75 percent of the world's population practice five different religions let me name them hinduism islam judaism and buddhism and christianity most of these religions believe that there's a god uh, and one day they will be accountable to him now they believe a little different most of these uh uh, uh, religions, uh, they believe different. Hinduism and Buddhism believe that, or their belief centers around just be a good person. If you can just be a good person, you know, get some wisdom, get some intelligence, be good, you're okay with God. They believe that, they preach that. Uh, Islam and Judaism believe in the oneness of God, but they believe in a law. Uh, they get a written law. If you can keep that law, uh, if you can be blameless in that law, you can be right with God. Uh, but only Christianity believes the whole Bible. Come on. Only Christianity believes the whole Bible, that we were created in God's image, that man fell from sin. Because of sin, man had become cursed uh, and separated from God. Christianity, we believe that man needs a Savior, and Jesus came uh, to be the Savior, to ransom man uh, from their sin. Jesus not only died on the cross for sin, but he rose from the dead. Through Jesus Christ, we can be made whole, the Bible says. Uh, we can live for God. When we die, we can go to heaven uh, and be with God for all eternity. God is all about relationship. All these other religions are about be good, uh, obey the law, but only Jesus Christ uh, is about a relationship, and God wants us to understand that. Uh, uh, when he created us, he didn't just give us some rules and regulations to do these uh, no, but God created us for a relationship. 
God created you and I to know us, to spend time with us. Uh, in John 15, Jesus illustrates our relationship, how a relationship is supposed to work with him. So if you can read with me, we'll start at verse 1. John 15, we'll start at verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is a vine dresser. Every branch, talking about you and me, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Verse 4, abide in me, I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my word abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, uh, so you will be my disciple. Father, in Jesus' name I pray this morning. God, for your word to go out in power. God, give us understanding, wisdom, open up every heart. God, to your word, God, let us feel your love, your passion. God, I pray, God, Minister, this morning, God, let your people know, God, that you want relationship with them in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to look at the three C's of Christianity this morning to help us understand relationship. Again, uh, God didn't just create us and put us on the shelf, uh, uh, but God created us for a relationship with him, to know him, and Jesus kind of lays it out here. So the first C I want to look at is conviction. As believers, we don't only have the Word of God, uh, which is uh, loaded with all kinds of things, uh, good things for us, but we also have the Holy Spirit to help us do right, uh, make right decisions and lasting choices. So when I gave my life to Jesus, not only did I have the Word of God now uh, to help me in a church, to help me live for God, but I also had the Spirit of God uh, which come, that's in my heart and my life to help me to live for God. John 16, verse 7, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. So the Holy Spirit of God uh, is in us, amen, and he is faithful to speak to us about the things of God, convict our heart all uh, get into that a little bit, what that's about, but the Holy Spirit's here to help us. I read the story at a church service. There's an older lady, and she listened to the sermon. The pastor's preaching pretty passionately on different sins, on gambling, uh, adultery, murder, lying, unforgiveness. And she's, amen, 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 pastor, preach it. Uh, you know, and, but, when he, but he starts preaching on smoking. She stood up in her chair and said, hey, wait a minute. Now he's went from preaching to meddling. How <laughs> know the Spirit of God, amen, helps us understand the Word, amen. You know, one of the safety nets of Christianity is to, is to be convicted, is conviction. The safety net of Christianity is the Spirit of God speaking to us uh, about right and wrong uh, and telling us what's right, what's wrong uh, in the Word of God. The Bible said the Spirit of God, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. This word convicted means to be declared guilty. 
Now, when I was living in sin, when I was out running around acting crazy, uh, somebody came by my house, told me about Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, amen. I knew I was, I, I knew I was messed up. But when I got, I didn't know how to fix the problem was the, was the real issue. Uh, but when I gave my life to Jesus, the Spirit of God began to convict me. Uh, that's wrong. Uh, you can't do that. And gave me the power to change. You know, when King David sinned with Bathsheba, the prophet Daniel confronted him, put his finger in his chest, basically and said, you're the man. Uh, that's the picture of the Holy Spirit today. Uh, when we hear the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit's involved in that begins to point, uh, I say that, that, you know, begins to point out things in our life. So the Holy Spirit's job, the, the job of the Holy Spirit is to bring conviction into our heart. Acts 2.37. Peter's preaching the Word of God, and it says this, and now when they heard it, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, uh, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They're, they're hearing the preaching uh, of the Word of God. The Peter's preaching the gospel, and all of a sudden they're convicted in their heart. They know, uh, listen, I'm living in sin. I know I'm wrong. Uh, what do I need to do? Uh, Peter, you need to repent. You need to give your life to Jesus. Uh, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit is going to help you uh, do right and live for God. Isaiah 1 Kings 19. The Bible says he's hiding in fear. Uh, and it says these words. And then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the wind, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire, with a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face, his mantle, and went out and stood in the, the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? God is a soft voice in our spirit. The Holy Spirit is a soft voice. Uh, uh, why the world is into all kinds of big things, uh, but it's a still small voice when you get saved, when you're right with God. Uh, God's in you. God speaks. The Holy Spirit will speak to us uh, in a voice giving us direction. You know, conviction is a very precious thing. It tells us when my heart can get convicted, when, your heart, when you do something, the Spirit of God, that's wrong. Uh, that's a good place to be in. Because that tells you relationships with God is still good. Uh, when the Spirit of God can speak to you, convict you about something, or you can repent. You know, our lack of conviction will get us in a lot of trouble. Our lack of conviction doesn't mean that God's not speaking. It means that we're not listening. Or we shut the door to the voice of God, and that's possible. We read all through Scripture where people Make a decision willingly. I'm not going to listen to God. Uh, I don't want to, uh, when God deals with me about something, I'm not going to obey that. Uh, but that's a very dangerous place to be in. The scripture tells us, 2 Samuel 11, verse 2, uh, the lack of conviction gets a man in uh, moral trouble here. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of his house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And one was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. 
And someone said, this is uh, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers and took her, and she, be, and she came to him. And uh, the rest of the story is not good. But what happened is David said, listen, uh, I'm not listening to God anymore. I want what I want. Uh, uh, my flesh desires this sin. I'm going to go after it. And that's a dangerous place to be when we get there as a Christian. We say, I don't need to hear from God. I don't need that voice anymore. Don't, I'm going to do what I want. Acts chapter 5 talks about another couple, amen, uh, getting in trouble. Uh, they've, they've sold a piece of land, and they've made a deal with God. I'm going to give so much of this. And, but when God began to deal with them, I don't want to, when they seen the money, how much it was, they said, I don't want to hear from God anymore, made a bad decision. Our lack of conviction causes us to miss the will of God. We read in Luke chapter 9, I preached on it last week, but uh, these men, uh, uh, God speaking to them, come follow me, do, do the will of God, but because of other interests, they said, not now, uh, I don't want to do it now, so we need conviction. Because the lack of conviction, amen, we get wrong trails in life, uh, and we end up messing up everything that God wants to do. Let's look at the second C. The second C is commitment this morning. Look at our text, abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Jesus explains the relationship with him. He's the vine, we're the branches, God's the vine dresser. That's a good way uh, to break it down. Jesus said, as you're connected to me, uh, like in the physical, you, uh, I was in South Africa for four years, missionary there, and they had all kinds of vines, uh, that was part of their big business there. These vines were everywhere, these great vines. Uh, uh, and these people took very good care of these vines. They're always out there dressing it, cleaning the roots, uh, fertilizing it, because they understood the, their fruitfulness uh, depended on that vine being healthy. And the branches that are from that vine, they would always prune them and clip them and make sure they're in great health because that's where the fruit was produced. And Jesus said the relationship with him is the same. Uh, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, God's the vine dresser. That's our relationship with God. And he said, uh, uh, as a branch cannot produce or live by itself, neither can we live without God as a Christian. We can't say, hey, I'm a Christian, never do the will of God. I'm a Christian, never come to church, read our Bible. Uh, didn't work that way. You know, Jesus said, let's eat, and 5,000 people showed up. Jesus said, let's go witness, and 70 people showed up. He said, let's go to the cross, nobody showed up. Let's talk about commitment for a moment. Today, Christianity seems to be less, uh, less a matter of commitment and more a matter of convenience, if I get the time, if I can put it in my schedule. Uh, COVID-19 has kind of exposed that. Uh, uh, people today, I'll serve God if I get the time. I'll serve God or I'll come to church if I get a moment. Uh, but Jesus says, listen, you have to be committed to the vine uh, if you're going to do uh, uh, bear fruit. In our text, we say fruitfulness, fruitfulness demands commitment. This is true in anything in life, though. If you want to become a musician, you're going to spend hours and hours practicing an instrument. I don't know any man, any woman that uh, just got on the keyboard, man, they're success. Or, man, they're going to do tars. Wow, man, how'd you learn that? Uh, well, that was through uh, hours, days, weeks, and years of, of practice. And as they're committed to that instrument, they become good at it. Uh, 
uh, even on your job, if you want to be raised up on your job, we understand commitment to that work. Uh, as we give ourselves to that job, we learn it. We learn how, I mean, out of that commitment, there's a, there's a raising up. The same is true in the kingdom. Uh, if we're going to serve God, there's a commitment that's required uh, because God wants to do things through us. God wants to speak to us, uh, gets involved in things. But listen, uh, without commitment, that's not possible. The question is this morning, are you committed or is it just convenience? This is real this morning. Because God's all about relationship. You know, my wife just came home once a week. I'd have an issue with that. Come on. If I just came home once a week, my wife would have an issue. Where were you, where you been? I don't worry about it. Well, she would worry about it. Why? Because marriage is built on commitment. I'm home every night. Uh, I'm there every day. She knows that. But we're committed to each other. This relationship works. Uh, my family works well because of commitment and love for each other. Your commitment starts when we're faced with the decision to do something else. You find out where somebody's really at when they get an opportunity to do something else. First Samuel 15. God tells King Saul to go and destroy the Amalekites, what they did to Israel. You know the story, Israel's a brand new like a little baby coming out of uh, Egypt. They're a nation, but they're not trained for battle. They have no warriors, nothing with them. Uh, and they're going out of Egypt. God delivered them. But uh, the Amalekites are a strong army of vicious people. They attack Israel. They try to destroy them as they're in that youth, in that, in that baby stage as a nation. And God remembers that. And so now Israel is strong. God tells Samuel, listen, uh, or Saul, uh, go destroy the Amalekite for what they did to Israel. And now we'll find out how, how committed Saul is. And the Bible says Saul goes uh, and to obey the will of God, 1 Samuel 15. Uh, but when he gets there and finds out, hey, I can, I can get rich from this. I can get sheep, cattle. I can get different things. Uh, the Bible said uh, he went after the things and forsook God. So how committed are we? Do things, opportunities pull us away from God? Are we committed? 1 Timothy 6.20, Oh, Timothy, guard what has been committed to your trust. Avoid the profane and idle babblings and contradictions that, of what is falsely called knowledge uh, by professing to some of straight concerning the faith. Uh, Paul telling Timothy, get committed here. Find out what you believe, believe it, commit yourself to it, uh, because there's going to be all kinds of voices in life that try to pull you away what God wants you to do, but commitment holds you to it. God has committed truth to you and I through his word. God has committed truth to you and I through the fellowship, uh, things like prayer, giving, outreach, faithfulness, calling. Uh, and we have to get committed to these things. Listen, without commitment, things just come and die off. Uh, things are not carried uh, uh, through, amen, and brought to fruition because commitment is required. These things can be challenged by hell, by convenience, and by selfishness. How I many know prayer is a commitment? If you're going to have a relationship with God, you're going to have to pray. Remember we talked about uh, the relationship. Jesus said you're the branch. Uh, as a branch on a vine, a branch always has to to pull up the nutrients and pull up the energy from the root uh, so, it can, so it can live and have life and produce fruit. Jesus said the same to Christian. You have to do some things. 
And without doing these things, without commitment, you're not going to do well. Ephesians 6, 10. You can't be lazy and be a good Christian. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wilds or strategy of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor. Amen. So Jesus is saying you can't be lazy and be a strong Christian. How many know some lazy folks? Don't raise your hand. But we all know some lazy folks. We say, man, if you would just get up, if you'd get up, drink some coffee, go to work, things would be different. You'd be able to pay your bills, be able to eat, be able to do some things. Uh, the same is true spiritually. Amen. If we would just do what we need to do, amen, read our Bibles, fellowship, come to church, uh, and be righteous, things would be different. You know, the religious world speaks often of commitment, but when it comes to living it, there are fewer, fewer, very, fewer committed. Matthew 23, Jesus tells his disciples this concerning the religious people that day, the Pharisee, do what they say, but don't do what they do. They say what's right, they just don't do what's right. How many know it's possible to say the right thing and do the wrong thing? That was the Pharisees of that day, the religious people, that's the religious people of our day. Uh, that's why I mentioned earlier about all these religions of the world, they just be a good person, keep the law, uh, do this, do that. They don't even do that. Jesus said, do what they say, but that's what they do. Acts 2, verse 42, gives us a picture of the way the church is supposed to be. In verse 42, it said, they continued, said, fasting the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in breaking of bread and prayer, the fear came on every soul. Many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, had all things in common, sold their possessions and good, divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the, in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. There's a number of things going on there. One, the Bible said they were steadfast or faithful to church. Uh, their fellowship daily said uh, people in the church were seeing each other outside of church or fellowship. And uh, doing things together, they're praising God, uh, they're helping each other. That's a healthy church. That's the way church is supposed to be. You know, I, I grew up in a, I'm not going to name the church, but I grew up in a church that we never seen anybody outside of church. You go to church, hey, how you doing? That's about all it was. There's no uh, fellowship, no eating together. <laughs> it's just, hi, how you doing? Uh, see you next Sunday. Or the next Sunday, we never wanted to come to church. And, but, the Bible said we're in relationship. Amen. Church is relationship. God, yes, our first relationship with the Lord, uh, we're created to serve God, be in relationship with Him. But as a vine and branches uh, on the same vine, the branches have relationship. Uh, we're to know each other and have spend time with each other. You know, as you look around and see a strong Christian, they didn't just become that. That's out of some good decisions. When I see a strong Christian, man and woman of God, uh, I say they made some right decisions. There's some men and women that did it right. There's some men and women that carried some things through. Uh, you can't be a strong Christian just by just doing nothing. Look at the third C here, consistency. 
Consistency can be called faithfulness as well. You know, commitment and faithfulness can seem to be the same, but they're different. I just talked about commitment. Commitment means dedicated to a cause or activity. Faithfulness is loyalty and steadfastness of heart. Commitment is something we do, while faithfulness is really something we are. So we talked about commitment. Uh, I'm committed to what God is doing here, what God's doing in my life. Uh, it's something we do. I'm going to commit my life to my wife, uh, to my church, to the will of God, something I do. But faithfulness is something that's done in the heart. Uh, it's something we are more than anything. I'm faithful to God, uh, and uh, we're committed because we're faithful, really. Matthew 10, verse 12, Jesus is committed to the cause of love for his Father. Look what he says. Therefore, my Father loves me because I laid down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. The reason Jesus came uh, and gave his life for our sin, the Bible said we're fallen, we're in sin. Uh, uh, we need a Savior. As I said earlier, Jesus said, I'll come. I'll stand in their place. I'll take the judgment. I'll die in their place. I'll take the sin upon me. Uh, that way they can be right with God. The reason Jesus did that, because he loved for his Father. He, he had a love for his Father. He had a love for God. Uh, and out of that love came a commitment to uh, the will of God, a commitment to the task before him. Uh, and when God's got our heart, we get committed. You know, when God's got our heart, when we become faithful in our heart, faithful to God, uh, amen, uh, we have no problem with commitment. You know, when I got saved, let me give you a quick testimony. Uh, it was on a Friday night, Saturday night. I'm living with six guys separated from my wife. We're getting ready to get divorced. Uh, that was my life. And somebody came by and told me about Jesus one night. And for the first time, I listened to what this man was saying. He said, listen, God loves you, cares about you. He did not create you to, to live this kind of life, to, to be separated, to be messed up on alcohol, drugs. God created you for a relationship. And I remember listening to that, them words, came to the church, gave my life to Jesus Christ. Uh, and I became in love with God, faithful to God. And because of that, I had no problem giving up that old life and coming to church and living for God. And because when God's got our heart, when we're faithful in our heart, uh, commitment's no problem. I was talking to a pastor the other day, and we're talking about when we got saved, uh, nobody had to, you know, follow up on us, come to church, please come, you know. It was like, I wanted to be in church. When I got saved, that's all I wanted to do now, be in church, live for God, do what's right. Uh, I wanted to get involved in the things of God, be committed to the things of God because of a love for God in my heart. So when we're faithful, we start, we don't only start, but we finish. Say Timothy 4, Paul says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, not only me, but to all those who love his appearing. You know, finishing something, when I see somebody finishes something, I go, yes, because I realize what's happened. When you see a finisher, you're talking about somebody's made decision. They love God. They love the will of God, and they're finishing. Let me say one more thing about this. You know, unfaithfulness is a hard issue. The problem with unfaithfulness, you can still look the part, but still have all this junk in your heart. 
Acts or Revelation chapter 2, the angel of God spoke to the church in Ephesus. You know the story, God tells them all the accolades that they got going on in church, you're, you're doing good here, doing good there. But he said, the problem is you've left your first love. You look good, uh, but you're not good. And listen, that's not a good relationship. Jesus, again, uh, is all about a relationship with you and I. That's why somebody come in church broken, heartache, uh, through all the disappointments, the trials, and being beat up by life, and they can come into church and be healed up, and God can speak to them and touch them, and, and they can leave that church service healed, happy, joyful. Why? Because God's about relationship. And when we understand that, amen, that God's all about the heart, the relationship, uh, listen, uh, everything else can be fixed. So let me ask you, how's your relationship this morning with Jesus? Do you have one? Again, the Bible says that God created every one of us. You're here this morning because God created you. God created you and I. He gave us our own personal soul. You're a unique person. God knows exactly who you are. I bet people, nobody understands me. God understands you. Nobody understands what I'm going through, what I'm facing, the battles, the trials, the the difficulties I'm at. God does. God understands everything about you. Uh, He knows how to fix you. He knows how to heal you. He knows how to minister to all those areas that are hurting in your life uh, because he created you. But listen, uh, how we serve God, the relationship, uh, it does matter this morning. When our relationship is right, Jesus said you will bear fruit. Uh, In other words, when our relationship with God is right, uh, it's going to show on our life like a like a vine produces fruit when it's a healthy vine and branch, Jesus says, that's what I want your life to look like. And listen, we have a good relationship with God. Everybody can see it. You know, in Africa, where we lived, we had big mango trees. Had mango trees, had papaya trees, had avocado trees, and, uh, and everybody walked by the house, they'd pick them and eat them and stuff. And, and it was a joyful thing. People, be, you know, they, they go hungry in Africa. It's, it's, uh, they walk around hungry, and when they see a big fruitful tree, they just their smile, they light up, and you say, hey, come on in, get all you want. I can't eat all the fruit. Take all you want and eat it. Uh, I mean, they're smiling from ear to ear. When Christians got fruit, when they got a good relationship with God, it's an evident on their life. So let me ask you again, how's your relationship with Jesus this morning. Is it just like one of the religions of the world? I'm obeying some laws. I'm trying to be a good person. Listen, that's not enough. Jesus is about relationship. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not right with God. You're not saved. You're not right with God. You never prayed, asked Jesus to come to your heart, to be your Lord and your Savior. That was me 30 years ago, 35 years ago. Partying, thought I was trying to, I was just trying to be happy the best I could. We lived for Fridays. Uh, we thought because happiness was in drinking, partying, doing wrong, but uh, that wasn't happiness at all. And when I gave my life to Jesus, I'm telling you, everything changed. I, I felt the presence of God for the first time in my life. I felt like I was right with God because I was right with God. For the first time in my life, I didn't want to drink, didn't want to get high, didn't want to do wrong, wanted to be home, be away, or be a, 
a husband to my wife, be a father to my daughter. I want to do right. What happened? A miracle happened. Jesus said you become born again. A miracle takes place when you give your life to Jesus. The Spirit of God comes in you, lives in you. So I've talked about conviction. God begins to speak to you and fill your heart and life. Maybe you're saved this morning. You've given your life to Jesus, but do you have any convictions? Are you listening to God? Can God speak to you and say, God, I'll do it. God, I'm sorry, I won't do it anymore. Or is it, ah, quit speaking. I'm going to do what I want to do. Quit talking to me. We may not verbally say it, but we do that by just resistance. Are you faithful? Are you committed? Listen, these things matter in a relationship, right? Let's bow our heads this morning. If I can get every head bowed, every eye closed just for a few minutes this morning.